Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here inside the studio flying solo, but joined by my partner, as always, my teammate, Leger Doosable. Dues, what do you make of what happened Sunday at MetLife Stadium? A dramatic 34-31 Jets victory, and Mike White making his first NFL start was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know where to start. There's so many emotions watching that game yesterday, but you have to, you know, give a kudos to Mike White coming in last week versus the New England Patriots, being efficient with the offense. Yes, he had the two interceptions where he was late with the football, but he corrected those things this week. And yes, he threw two more interceptions, but you can't 100% put those on him. One, you know, the ones that Crowder on a quick slant route, the ball was a little hot, um, but, you know, tips and overthrows, you know, got to get those. Jason Bates was right there, right place, right time, got the interception. And the interception off of Michael Carter's, you know, helmet, that was just bad luck because that was the right read. That's, that was where he was supposed to go with the football. You would like Michael Carter to get his head around a little bit quicker. But other than that, you know, the thing that really stood out to me, EA, is how many times the Jets were in third and long, right? Because that had been their Achilles, Achilles heels. But Mike White was so efficient and did a good job of making sure that he minimized that. I believe they weren't in their first third and long until halfway through the second quarter. And I believe it was third and nine. And then, you know, Berrios catches a quick out route for six yards and they punt the ball away, which sometimes is a win on offense, right? Putting the ball away can be a win. But I believe that was something that wasn't talked about enough throughout, you know, yesterday and even the sports shows this morning was how Mike White, you know, didn't put the Jets in third and long situations, finding the backside of the backfield, which I know we talked about last week on the podcast and on the Robert Sala show being that was going to be a big thing because the Cincinnati Bengals like to play a soft zone coverage. So when you can find your backs out of the backfield and with the athletes with like Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, that's a mismatch that you have to exploit. And Mike White did a great job of doing that, not trying to be Superman, just playing within the offense, taking what the defense gives you. And like I said, he wasn't trying to be Superman. He didn't go in there and try to force the, the ball down the field. He just played within the offense and executed. He did some amazing things, uh, but I really thought he set the tone with that first play. I, I don't know if yeah. people think of that first play from scrimmage when they go through that game in their mind but it's a first and 10 and he's got a lot of pressure on him and he knows that he's an outlet there and Michael Carter and he picks up nine yards and that kind of established what the jets were going to be. Not that they were going to dump the ball off to the running back, but they were going to stay on schedule and he was going to take what was there. Yeah. And you said it best, right? Stay on schedule. And I just talked about it, not putting your team in second and long and third and long. The funny thing is that was scripted to take a shot down the field to either, um, Denzel Mims, or I believe it was um, Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole was on the outside and ran to go, and then they they sent um, Denzel Mims in motion, and he ran the real route right there. So technically, that was supposed to be a shot down the field, but you know you got that inside pressure from Larry Okunjobi. He sees Michael Carter in the flat, just dumps it off to him, and he gets positive yards, staying ahead of the sticks. That's what this offense is predicated on: getting the ball out of your hands, knowing where to go with the football, and then executing, being accurate with the football. What did you think about Mike LaFleur? Because he really got into rhythm as well as his quarterback. You saw, I think Mike White came out of the gate very confident and he got even more confident. And you saw Mike LaFleur just opening it up. Yeah, yeah. I actually went through the film again today and I actually wrote down 
what it, the first drive consisted of. So if you look at the first drive, right, and, and people have been on like Michael Thorne, and we've had this discussion, you know, throughout the season. I was like, plays have been there. The execution mm-hmm. just hasn't been there. And, like, when you have a, a first 15 scripted, but you're down 14 nothing, you kind of have to abandon that first 15. So the Jets essentially went through their first 15 in the first drive of the game, EA. I mean, 11-play drive. That's essentially your first 15. So let's look at the first 15. We talked about it. The first play was play action. Could have took a shot down the field, decided to check it down to Michael Carter, staying ahead of the sticks. Then the bootleg hits Denzel Mims, which could have been an explosive play, but you you lose some of that yardage on the holding play from Elijah Moore. Then you have a quick slant, I believe, to Jamison Crowder. Then another play action play. Then he finds the back to the flat. Then they run the football. And then they have their first third down finally. And then it was a great job by Michael for seeing a light box and running a draw with Michael mm-hmm. Carter. You get the first down there. Then you have a screenplay, right? These aren't those where you're throwing the ball down the field. It's just being efficient screenplay. Then you have a running back to the flat to Ty Johnson. Then you have the trick play where you get the PI. Jamison Crowder's about to throw it to Jeff Smith, but they get the PI. And then you just have a simple toss play. Great job by Elijah Vera Tucker and Croft getting out to the outside. Michael Carter gets into the end zone untouched. Like, it wasn't like these were just sexy plays. Yeah, the trick play was thrown in there, but they didn't even complete that. It was a pass interference on that, but it was just being efficient. Mike White knew getting the ball out of my hands, getting it to the back, especially playing the Cincinnati Bengals because we knew with the off-zone coverage they were going to play. And even when they played man, believing that you have better athletes at the running back position to make plays, he just knew where to go with the football was efficient and played within the offense. So he starts out 11 of 11. Then it mixed Man. in there is the two interceptions. The Jets turned the ball over three times in the first half. How critical yeah. was that drive before halftime where oh. we thought it, we thought it ended on Keelan Cole making a ridiculous Oh, ridiculous catch. catch. Uh, unfortunately, that went up to the booth and was overturned. But Braxton Barrios came back with a good catch. And again, Mike White was on the money. And I'm so glad you brought up that drive because it was monumental, right? Being down 17 to 7, but a minute of 51 on the clock. And Mike White, again, you know, just being efficient, finding his backs out of the backfield all the way down. The Keelan Cole catch was ridiculous. It should have been a touchdown regardless, just for the effort put into that play. Agreed. But on that, <laughs> on that third down play, this is big time for Mike White. I don't think people see this. Let me just break it down and take you onto the field, right? They have an A gap and a B gap blitzer. And right there, Elijah Vera Tucker is in a bind, right? Because he has to let one of those guys go. But he does a great job essentially taking two for one. So he starts on a D-tackle DJ Reader, and then at the last second pivots to the linebacker blitzing in the A-gap. And then Mike White does something so subtle that people won't see on camera. He subtly backs up to the left just to buy his himself some time as Braxton Barrio is running a speedo or a speed out, and he throws it where only Braxton Barrios can catch the ball Great toe drag swag by Braxton Berrios and great throw. That's big time for Mike White. Like, I don't think people understand how hard that was with, you know, staring down the barrel. Like, you have a free blitzer coming at you, but then Elijah Vera Tucker saving you at the last second, just getting a hand on that backer so he can't hit him. The, the defensive tackle was late. Mike White slightly moves to the left and throws it on a run on a dart. That's big time football for Mike White and Elijah Vera Tucker and Braxton Berrios right there. Uh, and that's what has to get you excited if you're a Jets fan right now. Elijah Vera Tucker, a rookie who hopefully is on this team for 10 years. He continues to excel. Michael Carter, the running back, who is going to be a guest on this oh, podcast. Man. 
was sensational, dudes. No question. I mean, nine catches, almost 100 yards receiving, got it done on the ground again, more than 70 yards rushing, and his third rushing touchdown in four games. He's a hard guy to bring down. Yeah, he's showing that he can be one of the best complete backs in the NFL. And that's two games back-to-back going over 100 all-purpose yards. And we knew coming out of North Carolina what he could do out of the backfield. I think the thing that has surprised me the most is the balance, the contact balance, and the strength, and the lower body strength that he runs with. Like, timeless times yesterday, the first, you know, tackler – could not bring him down to the ground. And you see that lower body strength of him shrugging defenders off. And at times you think he's down on the ground. I believe there was a play yesterday where he landed on, uh, you know, a defender and got up and continued to run and get four or five more yards. This guy just just plays with effort, and you love his upbeat personality. He's just a spark for the offense, and I'm glad to see him coming along in his rookie year. Man, this team played with a lot of juice yesterday. I know a lot of people were concerned – after what happened in New England, because yeah. you never want to see that, but you also don't want that to be lasting, to carry through to the next week. That did not happen with this young team. And you mentioned Michael Carter. How about Ty mm-hmm. Johnson's balancing act down the sideline? Man. Another guy who was a threat in the receiving game because there, these Jets running backs, yeah, they can take the handoff and they can run the football, but Mike White is finding them. This is the second consecutive week where we're seeing Michael Carter and Ty Johnson be effective out of the backfield as outlets or receivers. Oh, definitely a great one-two punch. And we had Ty Johnson on, I believe, last week. And we know the type of athlete he is, sub-4-4 guy, a guy that, that, that has contact balance, a guy that can – lower his pad and get the extra artists. He's also another guy that's really hard to break, you know, tackle, bring down in the open field. And we saw that yesterday, over 70 yards receiving. Like, so both of your running backs go over 70 yards. You're talking about 160 yards receiving just from the backfield yesterday. Proving again, Mike White is taking what the defense is giving him and trusting his playmakers to make plays. And you talked about the touchdown from Ty Johnson staying in bounds. You know, just this much smidgen of green on the sideline. Being able to tiptoe and then leap into the end zone, that's big-time football from both of the running backs yesterday. Uh, what did you make about the defense's effort? The, the Bengals scored 31 oh, points, but Jamar Chase is held to three catches on nine targets, so they negated his uh, – you don't totally take a Jamar Chase out of the game, but the Jets did a hell of a job against them. And then from the I get, mean, that's, that's as good as you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then from the get, it just looks a lot different out there when C.J. Mosley is on the field. And then Jared Davis is on the field as well oh. for the first time. It's big time. But but we talked about complimentary football all the time, right, EA? When your offense goes out there and gets 11 plays on the first drive and scores a touchdown, that invigorates the defense. And then we saw what happened, right? The defense goes three and out. The offense drives the ball right back down the field, settles for a field goal, but unfortunately can't make the field goal with Amendola, but the defense just seemed fresher. IEA, we talked about the first four weeks, how the defense was playing the last two weeks, maybe not, you know, as well as they did the first four weeks, but a lot of that is, you know, plays on the body. You're talking about a defense that was averaging close to 30 plays in the first quarter each one of those games. So when your offense stays on the field, it it gives the defense life. It gives the defense energy because when you come back on that field, you're juiced up, ready to go because you're fresh. And I think we saw that yesterday. The defense just looked fresher. They looked invigorated. And then also when you get your defensive leader back and C.J. Mosley, I mean, that makes everybody's 
job a lot easier on defense, being able to call out certain things. The screens had been killing the Jets the, the last two or three weeks of the season. But yesterday, C.J. Mosley being out there, the, the, the Jets really negated the screen game from the Cincinnati Bengals. And then, of course, getting Jerry Davis back was huge because that helps you so much. You're talking about the depth with Quincy Williams being able to, you know, sub him out every once in a while because he's trying to get his legs back under him. But then that also helps your special teams because now you have one of your special teams aces back on special team and Quincy Williams and Delshawn Phillips did a really good job, especially on that, that goal line stop. And I know we'll probably talk about this later, that first goal line step on that first play, Delshawn Phillips showed up big on that. So just want to give him a little love too. Well, uh, let's not talk about it later. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> I like it. There's, there's so much to discuss when it comes to that. Like first and foremost, the Elijah Moore effort on the interception, right? Like that wasn't talked about enough to me. And, and I talked about this yesterday throughout Twitter, like, him not quitting on the play, and even Denzel Mims running down the field, both of those receivers just laying it on the line just to make sure their defense has an opportunity to stop the Bengals. Like, that is big time. Running down the field, tackling Jesse Bates at the one-yard line because the defense's mentality is always, if there's a blade of grass between that and the goal line, it's our job to protect it. You got to defend it. So, like, the first two plays, they try to hand it off to Mixon. Foley just did an amazing job blowing the play up, and then Michael Carter comes and makes the tackle. And then, you know, the Jets got some help. You know, Jamar Chase dropped that pass on you third finally down. finally get a break. The Jets finally Yeah, get they got a break. Jamar. But Brandon Eccles was in great, great coverage. That was just a good throw. That was a good timing route by Jamar Chase and, and Joe Burrow. But Brandon Eccles was there, was there, so he couldn't catch it on the bounce. But then, you know, Quentin Williams, like this, this guy, people have been talking about him, like the stats haven't been there. They were there, you know, week two through week four, but we haven't really heard from him. Well, he showed up big yesterday, not only in that pass rush game, but in the run game. He was getting off the ball, creating havoc in the backfield. And that quick jab inside, swipe the guard, go to the outside on Spain move was big time. Like you're talking about fourth down, the Bengals are trying to score. You're up seven, nothing. And you bring Joe Burrow down with one hand. Like that's, that's big time football right there for Quentin Williams. Yeah. So Quentin Williams comes up with the sack. Jabari Zaniga comes up with his man. It was good National to see football him healthy. League. Yeah. yeah. It, and then Sheldon Rankins, a huge sack yeah, huge late sack. Yep. in that ball game. Um, what did you make? What did you make of Robert Sala and the emotion you saw on the sideline, especially oh. after the goal line stand? But that's who Sala is, right? That's why players love playing for him because He's a guy that brings that energy, he, and it's infectious, and players feed off it. They really – the defense is really taking on his mantra, you know, all gas, no breaks. And you saw the passion in his eyes. You saw it in his body language. Like, he was fired up for his players yesterday after that fourth down stop. Fourth then I mean, they get the ball on the one-yard line and have four downs to get into the end zone, and your defense stopped them, stops them. That is demoralizing to an offense. Like, when your defense could go out and play at that type of level – and just literally squeeze the life out of an offense because that's what happens when you have the ball at the one-yard line and you can't get in. Are you a fan of the solid beard? Do you like the look? <laughs> it was funny. So we were talking about this in the studio. And it's like <laughs> you can't tell if that's like just like light stubble or is it Beijing? But like, uh, I mean, like, I think he's going to keep it because they won. You know, you know, coaches are superstitious. So I guarantee he doesn't cut it off until the Jets lose again. Well, I'm just wondering if he's going to let it go longer. Like, to your point, I think he, he can grow facial hair pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I, my thing is winter's coming, right? Go ahead and get you some facial hair, man. 
Clean up some face here. Protect the face. Protect the face. I, I took mine off over the weekend. Hopefully it comes back really quick. Uh, It'll be back quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dudes, 3120. Well, what do you make of the drive mm. from because Joe Joey Burrow puts them up to, uh, by eleven. Uh, eleven, he goes to exactly. Tyler Boyd. There's only what seven twenty-nine on the clock. And then White gets the ball back, moves him down the field. Big play to who else other than Michael Carter? Carter, yep. 20, 23 yards. And then you get down there close, and we saw Ty Johnson um, get into the end zone. And then that series, the next play from scrimmage, your defense needs a stop. And awesome. We did not see these stops against Carolina, against Atlanta, Atlanta. when Salah's saying, well, it would have been interesting to see if we got the offense, the ball back. Well, the defense came through in a big way. It was a veteran who's kind of flying under the radar in Shaq Lawson. Yeah, and that goes back to complimentary football. Mike White with a big-time, big-boy drive, you know, to put the Jets within three points. And then, you know, the the Philly special – to, to get them the, the, the two points they needed at the end after, you know, the, the interception by Sack Lawson. But going to Mike White and being able just to know where to go with the football. And then Michael Carter has been your outlet the whole game, finding him again for 21 yards right there. But then, like you talked about it, the Carolina game, not being able to get the ball back to the offense. The Atlanta game, not being able to get the ball back to the offense. We had been talking about it all year long, especially the last three or four weeks. Teams are going to screen you until you slow it down. Well, that's what teams do, you know, after they've just given up a score. They know that you're going to probably be pinning your ear back because they haven't ran the ball effectively with Joe Mixon. Well, that was a good job by Shaq Lawson realizing that offensive tackle goes out right away on that screen. So I need to stop my feet and either retract or get my hands up. So he did a good job of getting his hands up. And then just a good athletic play to be able to come down with the football after that. And then we talk about the complimentary football. Your defense gets you the ball back. Go score a touchdown, right? This is the time to take the game over. Go score a touchdown and try to, you know, put your team in position to win. That way your defense has to come back on the field, but now they're thinking just straight pass rush. So that's that's big time by the defense and the offense, complimentary football, and the Jets getting that turnover, right? We had the Jets offense had, you know, turned the ball over three times. So your job as a defense is not to play, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals offense, but it's to outplay the Cincinnati Bengals defense. So you guys need a, a turnover in a big situation in the game to get that turnover. Shows that this team is growing week in and week out. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Let's bring in one of Sunday stars right now, Jets running back Michael Carter. Uh, We were just talking about it before we started here. How does your body feel? Because you got to get that regen in quickly this week, a Thursday night game on the horizon with the Colts. Yeah, I started yesterday. I got in the hotel, in the hotel right after the game. <clears throat> but overall, like, I feel pretty good. I'm just excited to play again on Thursday. I've never, I've never played on Sunday, and they had to come back and do it again on Thursday. So it'll be fun. 
Yeah, that's how you know you're young, man. You're like, yeah, you know, I feel all right. Just got in the cold tub, hot tub. Be ready to go. Let's just talk hey, about man. the game on Sunday. Coming into the game, did you feel like you were going to get targeted that many times in the game? Uh, no. I mean, I'm always ready for you know any occasion, but I think like my mindset is always how can I make my impact in this game? How can I help our team win? So for me, it was just about just being ready. And then whenever my time came, just take advantage of the opportunity because you know, you only get so many plays in the league where in college, you know, we're trying to run 80 plays. And in the NFL, we're trying to run 50 and 60 efficient plays. So it's a different game. So the 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 ball is the ball means a lot because when you have it, you might not get the ball again because that's just how it is because there's so many good players on your team. So I'm just thankful that I was able to do my part. You certainly did do your part. Uh, I think the last time we talked to you, Michael, you were saying in North Carolina, they didn't give me the ball a lot by the goal line, but now you got three <laughs> rush touchdowns in the last four games. You're making this a habit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make it a habit. I just, because, you know, I, I watch a lot of ball, man. I just, I love touchdowns. I'm a touchdown guy more than a field goal guy. So <laughs> I'm actually trying to get it in. I like that. I think the thing that's impressed me the most about your game, MC, is when I watched your game, your game tape from in North Carolina, we knew what you could do coming out of the backfield and make people miss in the open field. But I, th I just think your contact balance and your physicality, like it seems like you've just taken that to the next level. Like so many times in this past game on Sunday, you made the first defender miss. Defender miss. Just talk about like your lower body strength and, and how you're able to, to get, you know, defenders off balance and, and keep keep your feet moving and, and continue to turn those yards out. Yeah, I just, um, you know, I work, I work hard at it. And I think it's something that also, you know, I was blessed with. But um, just being able to understand like half a man and just it's, it's a mentality too, though. You know, we had a rule in my house growing up. I like, never get tackled by the first man, never get tackled mm -hmm. by one. So I grew up in a house full of running backs. So that's just something that we always talked about. Uh, how much do you enjoy catching that ball out of the backfield? You nearly had 100 yards receiving. Did you realize that while the game was going on? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, to be transparent. I think because you know, they, <laughs> they showed all game like over on the board. So I was like, dang, it's not bad. So, hey, so but, when you saw him, you're like, dang, man, I couldn't get five more. Y'all couldn't give me one more catch. Exactly. I couldn't exactly. get five. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really my fault because I dropped I dropped the out route. Probably like yeah, I remember years. that. Yeah, it was a uh, like, second quarter, back, right? Yeah, looking back, I'm like, yeah. man, I would have caught that ball. I would have had whatever, but I'm glad we won, honestly, because, you know, wins are hard to come by in this league, so – it was just good to go out there and get one and have fun. Like yesterday was fun. What did you think about the crowd late in the game chanting Mike White? And and also part two to this question would be, you guys to a man were so confident in him before he stepped out there on the field. What did you see over the last few months to, ha to let you guys have that confidence? Yeah, um, for one, I think the the chance were great. I think Mike deserves that. He he works so hard, and um, he's just he works to be like great in everything he does. Like great father, great teammate, great player, and so he's consistent every day. And I've never seen him just like 
I don't know, complain about anything. He just grinds. He's a grinder. So I appreciate him and, and who he is. And then just like as far as like what I've seen, like I've seen a lot of since I've gotten here, not not rookie mini camp because he wasn't there, but like OTAs and then training camp and then the season just I've seen him make some crazy plays. So I wasn't really surprised on about what he did yesterday. I know like a lot of the free world is, but I've seen him I've seen him make crazy plays and he just smart with the ball. So um he's beyond his years, of course. And I think he just played such a good game yesterday. He he didn't try to do too much and um, you just made the plays. Yeah, speaking of that, let's talk about the execution. I've seen you on interviews talk about that throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. Like, you know, we have the players on this team, and it showed that you do have the players on this team to make plays, but it's just about the execution. What really clicked yes, yesterday as far as the execution of the offense? Yeah, I think I think it just starts with the message that, that our coach, LaFleur, had, you know, sent to us during the week, just be tougher longer and just – Execute, because he, you know, he, he put us in positions to win. It's just like, he, but he can't play. So at the end of the day, it is about you know about what we do on the field. So I think that we did a really good job this week. I think obviously I got my my little notes right here from the game, but we got stuff to clean up on and and definitely grow from. But I think this is something that we can you know gain confidence from. You said you have your notes from the game. Is that something that? you do even before you meet with the running backs group or the offensive uh, group as a whole, you go through uh, the game yourself and chart what you did. Yeah. Like, so, so typically like, when I'm out there on the field, like, and I did and I made a mistake, I know right away. Like that's kind of like how I feel. And then <clears throat> most games, I, I didn't, I haven't watched this game yet, but other games like I'll watch and then kind of see like, okay, what do I feel like I could have did better? And then I like to see if it matched what you know what coach says, and then I got a lot to clean up. So yeah, I know uh, Coach Robert Sala has always talked about complimentary football, and they just did a great job of that yesterday. Just talk about one the effort from Elijah Moore to chase down you know Jesse Bates on that tackle on the interception, and then when you guys are on the sideline seeing the defense being able to go out there and four straight down stuff the Cincinnati Bengals and stop them from scoring. Like, what does that do to invigorate? the sideline and give energy on the sideline. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And I didn't – and it's hard for me because I didn't really realize that Elijah had made the tackle. And then I think Quinton had made the sack. Yeah. I think Quinton made the yep. sack. So, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know they're about to get us back because that's what the defense always does. They always get us back. So, a lot of credit to Elijah because he was he was hauling ass. <laughs> he was running. Yeah, he was moving. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a lot of credit to him. Um I guess that's just how to get down at Ole Miss, though, man. I got a lot of respect for that. You know, <laughs> DK had to chase down too. So, but yeah, Elijah made it one of the biggest plays of the game. You for know, sure. and people, a lot of people don't don't know that because like, oh, it's an interception. But Elijah probably had the biggest play of the game. Yeah, we were actually talking about that before you got on. Like, I don't think yeah. a lot of people understand how big that was for yeah, the momentum, true. and then also, you know, you keep three and seven points off the off the scoreboard. So at the end of the exactly. game, you know, you win by three, like that's, that's big right there. Exactly. So uh, a lot of credit to E, a lot of credit to Q in the, in the defense is, you know, just getting pressure, like they get pressure. So it's really good. And then, uh, but yeah, in terms of like the, the, the momentum swing, huge because, you know, especially in this league, momentum is a real thing and it lives. So we were able to keep it. That was awesome.
You played three games at MetLife Stadium. You guys are two and one at home right now. The place was crazy there late. What have you thought about Jets fans as a whole during your experience here playing at home? Yeah, it's they're crazy. Like, to say the least. <laughs> like they're crazy. I remember. But like they, they're so passionate. So I can respect it. It's funny because I one game they'll boo us and then like the next game they lit. And it's just like, you know, they just they just love it all. Like they 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 embrace it all. And so I appreciate them. I because <clears throat> I went to North Carolina and we have so many good sports there. It's like lacrosse is good, soccer is good, like football is good, basketball is good. So it's like everybody's a fan of everything. But like these fans are like football fans. Like they love the Jets. Like they'll die for the Jets. <laughs> like so yeah. it's really cool to have a fan base that's like that. Yeah, Eric just talked about being two and one at home, but how do you guys you know, get get rid of these road woes. You, you got a short week this week versus the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'm not sure if you've been able to dive into the tape because uh, you. I think you guys just got into the building not too long ago. But how do you, you know, get off the snide as far as trying to get your first road win this week? Yeah, actually, you know, I, I watched a little bit of them so far, but and and I think they, they got a, they got a good defense. They got one of the best linebackers in football. Definitely one of the best defense linebackers in football. So they got some talent for sure. Uh, but you know, it's just it's just about preparation again. I mean, I, I think this week it being a short week, you got to kind of focus on like fatigue, and then you know recovery. But also be able to have that have that install ready to you know to go on Thursday. So um, it's going to take some discipline this week to to go to Indianapolis, which their fan base is, is is good too, and for good reason. They got a good team coming in. I mean, they got a good team that you know they get to cheer for, and then. Just excited to go on Thursday prime time and just and just play ball, have fun with it. Yeah, what does it mean to you to be playing in front of the nation Thursday? Because it's the only game, and you know everybody in the NFL, especially your peers and folks back home who might not have the opportunity all the time to watch you, they yeah. will be in front of the TV. Yeah, it means a lot to me. It really does because um, I don't know if my if my family back you know where I live at they get the Jazz game so. They just kind of got to go off Instagram and Twitter on, you know, how we did. So I think it's, it's awesome. It's going to be really cool. Thursday games are always fun. Um, I played a couple in college. We always just play pit, but it's all good. So <laughs> I, I think it'll be fun, though. It'll be really fun. Any uh, any more new touchdown celebrations you got in mind? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's uh, now, nah, I need to come up with something, though, because I feel like when you, when you celebrate – after you score, it kind of shows that you was expecting to get in there. So, but sometimes you got to take the Barry Sanders route. You know what I mean? Hey, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I love the celebration though. Speaking of celebrations, <laughs> what was that locker room like after you guys got off the field, and how much does that feeling mean to you after all the work you put forth during the week, and to see the guys collectively be able to celebrate their success? Yeah, man, it was, the locker room was, was fun yesterday, and it was just, you know, we brought it up, you know, a lot of credit to Mike White. He got the game ball, and then we started our, our locker room party, so it, it was really fun. But knowing that we have a short week, you know, we're going to we celebrate it, but now it's like it's time to get back, and now we got a game on Thursday. That's 
we playing, I guess, like three and a half days. So that's mm-hmm. like that's a quick turnaround. So um, it was fun while it lasted, but we gotta we gotta go face another team now in a good one. No yeah. doubt. And before, go ahead, Deuce. Oh yeah, you, you guys had an explosion on Sunday. But what areas specifically now that you've seen the film do you feel like you know the offense can progress and get a little bit better in? Yeah, just uh, strain. I think. I think because I you know we get to spots and we uh, like even like a ball carries two ball security something that we could be better at. Um, I think we had a couple too many turnovers. And in my opinion, the, the ones off the helmets was was flukes, but. Um, we could be better with the ball in general, just talking to myself, but we definitely could be better with the ball, number one, because the fact that we won that game and we was – then we had three turnovers, you know, that's yeah. that's, that's God's playing. That's a blessing. So um, that was – that's the number one thing I feel like we can get better at. And then just uh, <clears throat> finishing, finishing plays, like, you know, uh, I look at two plays and truthfully I think it was – catch like Keelan Keelan Cole's catch yeah I mean they, I thought I would catch on film but you know if he finishes that play you know he's the greatest receiver all the time but <laughs> they called they didn't call it so and then you know you get to the, the later down drive down the road and uh I had I ran a, a power play and I kind of split two defenders and I didn't I you know I, I didn't we ended up I don't think I think we ended up kicking a field goal on that drive but if uh, you know if we score that touchdown, then you know it's a different game at that point. So yeah. to like yeah, finishing sure. those big plays and then ball security. And and lastly, I just wanted to ask you about your family's influence, how much they've <clears> meant <throat> to you along the way, as you you're starting out hot here in the National Football League. But you just said before you come from a family of running backs, a lot of athletes in that family. Can you talk about maybe the sibling rivalries and also the support you guys have given each other over the years? Yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a huge support system, man. I, I'm, and I'm so thankful. Like, I got, you know, not only my, my mom and dad, uh, I got two brothers. I got some of the best friends in the world that I grew up with. And like, you know, they're all doing good stuff. So um, it's just like a bit of good, like, you know, I've had good influences around me. And uh, and then going to college and having, you know, Sam Howe and uh, Javante and, you know, the old heads like Cole Holcomb and, you know, Andre Smith and uh, just like good, good people around me, you know, De'Ami Brown, just great people, Bo Corrales. I can name so many, but just I've had good people around me my whole life and, um but you know, I've had some 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 hard times too, like you know, just growing up. But all of it put me here, and so I'm just I'm really thankful for the for the life experiences that I've that I've gone through, because you know, dealing with the adversity, dealing with the stress, and everything of it, like you know, I feel I feel right at home when I'm going through the stress. So I'm I'm thankful for it all and how I came up. Awesome, Michael. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out here on the short week as you guys get ready for the Indianapolis Colts. Remember the last time Michael was on the podcast, he scored a touchdown. So fantasy owners, you should be listening <laughs> right now. Right now. Right now, one of the best all-purpose backs in the league. That's I mean. right. <laughs> Appreciate Thanks, it,
WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. All right, what's next? Where do we go from here? We heard the chance of Short Mike week. White. <laughs> Mike White. Mike White mm. at MetLife Stadium. It's still resonating here throughout the area. A short turnaround, and he gets the ball again, of course, against the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately, like, I don't love Thursday night games. I love the primetime aspect of it, but as far as what it did to my body, I didn't love it. But for this young team, I think this could be a good thing. Because they're not sitting at home looking at the, the news clippings, looking at the media talk about them, talk about how good Mike White did in the offense, how the defense came back to play. They have to get ready for a team, and a desperate team at that. If you talk about the Indianapolis Colts, Darius Leonard has said before this past week's game versus the Titans that it was a must-win. Well, if that was a must-win, this for sure is a must-must-win for the Colts if they have aspirations to get to the playoffs. So, I believe it being a short week and just playing on a Thursday night is big for this young team because they don't have a lot of time to, to soak up all you know all of the goodness that happened this past week. They have to go ahead and get ready for this game because this is going to be a desperate team playing on this Thursday night. What is he going to see differently from this Colts defense now that yeah. Indianapolis will have four quarters to take a look at Mike White and the Jets offense as opposed to maybe what he saw from the Bengals? Well, the funny thing is they, they have a lot of similarities in their defensive philosophy as far as they play a lot of, you know, cover two, cover two man. But what they do in man coverage, a lot of times they'll have five or six guys at the line of scrimmage when they do blitz on third downs, but they'll free drop a lot of players. And that, that kind of hurt Ryan Tannehill last week. One of their defensive tackles dropped in coverage one time on an all-out blitz. He was a free dropper. They were in man coverage, but he got like Tannehill got picked off because he knew where he was going with the football but he didn't expect the defensive tackle to drop. So that's a, a lot of times what the Colts do. They kind of try to confuse you by going man and two man, but they'll have free droppers underneath. So if you think you're going to hit somebody on a crossing route, then they're going to be there. So what Mike White has to do, again, find the backs out of the backfield, especially if they're in one-on-one -on -one situations with linebackers, but also if they're in regular cover too, because that is where the void is, but down the seam. And he did a great job finding Tyler Croft down the seam on that touchdown. That's going to be big. Those type of routes down the scene for the tight ends, Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft, they're going to come alive this week versus the Indianapolis Colts. So you got to do that, be able to find those guys. They've been banged up kind of at corner. You know, Rocky Sin was banged up but kind of came back. Same thing with Xavier Rose on the outside, banged up. Their best corner, without a doubt, is Kenny Moore. He's a guy that usually travels with the best receiver. But, you know, whether Corey Davis plays or not, I don't. I believe he'll just play in the slot because that's what he does the most. But he's a guy that's very opportunistic, had a, had a pick this last week versus Tennessee Titans. So you have to figure out where he is because he'll take some chances when he's in zone coverage. He'll, he'll slough off his guy and, and come on to the underneath route. So you just got to be careful because he can bait you into some bad throws. And we know what Darius Leonard is. He's he's the maniac. That's his nickname. This is what he does. Great job getting down him. And he has an act for punting the ball off of receivers and running backs. So that is that should be an emphasis this week, right? Ball security. We lost one with Jamison Crowder last week, so that's what they should be working on in these next two or three days to get ready for Thursday is ball security. 
because Darius Leonard is one of the best in the NFL and getting the ball off you. And up front, the offensive line, they've played really well as far as the Jets. DeForest Buckner is the guy on defensive line you got to stop on this team, right? They have, you know, Muhammad on the outside. He's a good rusher. Uh, uh, Quiddy Payne is coming along. He had some injuries earlier during the season. But the guy that you have to stop up front is their, their three technique. DeForest Buckner, to me, is the best, the second best defensive tackle in all of football. Where would you say their Col the Colts defense is? Would you say that's an average unit, an average to good unit? Because I'm just looking at their players, and you just mentioned yeah. Buckner and Leonard. Those guys jump out at you. Those are elite um, players right there. Kenny Moore, too, right. is an elite player. So I, I would say they're they're above average defense. Okay. You know, they, they get after it in the pass game. They have some some good linebackers. Darius Leonard and Okariki is a really good athletic linebacker. Um, at the safety position, they've kind of been banged up at, and, and lost some guys at the safety position. But, you know, when Rocky Sin is healthy, he's a good player. Um, you know, Xavier Rhodes in the past has been a really good player. He's, he's played kind of average this year. So this is an average to good, you know, defense. D-line, D again, Muhammad is a good player. DeForest Buckner is an elite player. Quiddy Payne is, is coming along. So this this is a good defense, right? They get after you. They're simple. They play that cover, too. They want their defensive line to be able to hunt, and they will heat you up on third down, and then they'll throw some exotic things in there where they'll drop some linebackers. They'll drop a D-tackle, a D-in, in the underneath coverage just because you think it's man coverage. So if you're throwing to a spot, you just got to realize there's probably going to be one free dropper dropping out. Give me a couple Jets defenders who have to play very well against yeah. the Colts. The two guys who stand out to me on the Indianapolis offense, Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield, and 100. Michael Pittman is just Michael Pittman, targeted yeah. every other play. Yeah, so you have to realize what the Colts are going to do. They're going to come out running the football. Their first play versus the Tennessee Titans was a, a, a similar to the play the Jets ran versus Cincinnati Bengals. It was a quick swing route to, to Jonathan Taylor, and he takes it 40 yards. Like He's an explosive athlete. Everybody talks about his physicality, but he runs away from defenders. So he's going to he's gonna be the number one guy the Jets have to stop. Right, The run game is, is pretty vanilla. It's, it's zone, split zone, and counter and power here and there. So they're going to get the ball to Jonathan, to Taylor, not just in the run game, but in the pass games, just like, you know, the Jets do with Michael Carter. And then Michael Pittman, you just got to realize on third down, that is where Carson Wentz is going with the football. That's the guy he trusts. In the red zone, that's the guy he's going to. Early on in the game, on the first two drives for the Colts, two touchdowns in the red zone, and Michael Pittman was targeted both times. I believe three times in the red zone he was targeted, but he scored twice in the first two drives in the red zone. And then any, any you know, man coverage – 50-50 jump balls, it's going to Michael Pittman. That's where he's going to go. He did that in the San Francisco game to close out the San Francisco 49ers with the game on the line. Went to Michael Pittman on a 50-50 jump ball. Michael Pittman came down with it, then scored the touchdown. The Colts ultimately win. So you just have to realize that you have to stop Jonathan Taylor, but Michael Pittman is the guy they like to get the ball to, especially in the red zone and then on pivotal third downs. T.Y. Hilton is their guy they usually take their shots with. He got banged up in that game. We'll yeah, see what that. the injury report looks like and see if he'll be able to play. But, you know, they, they've had a carousel of receivers because they've had so many injuries on at the receiver position. Michael Pittman is the guy that you you have to be aware of, though. I'm going to be watching Mosley and Jared Davis get after yeah. Jonathan Taylor. That's a great matchup. And who do but you think – The D-line, too, right, because this is a pretty good offensive line from, from the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Reed, their right guard has struggled some, so that's a guy that maybe Quentin Williams and, and Sheldon Reagans can kind of take advantage of. 
But th- this is a pretty good offensive line. And they brought Carson Wentz in because they wanted to, to throw him the Tennessee Titans. They brought him in for games like last week. And he's he struggled in those big-time games. We saw that last week, especially in the second half, just making some ill-advised you know, throws. The, the one backed up by the goal line on the screenplay, just side on that to the side to the feet of the tight end and you get off the field. But he, he throws the ill-advised throw, gets picked off for a pick six. And then later on in the game, he had three underneath routes wide open, but he's trying to force the ball down the field in overtime. Gets picked off by Kevin Byard. So you have to realize or wonder where his mental is right now, right? Because after what happened in Philadelphia, it seems like the same thing is happening here in Indianapolis with big-time games where he kind of struggles. So we'll, we'll see where they're at. They're going to be a desperate team. They're going to come out and establish the run with Jonathan Taylor and try to get him the ball in open space. So to me, the Jesse line is going to be big this, this week, man, getting after Carson Wentz in the past game, but also being able to knock that offensive line back. That way, you know, C.J. Mosley and Jared Davis can come downhill. Yeah. Do you like putting maybe Bryce Hall because he's bigger and longer on Pittman? I mean, Brandon Eccles has been playing now. So, I mean, yeah, I know. the thing is, he, he, play, he plays physical at the line of scrimmage. I like his physicality. My thing is, I would just bracket him, right? Take him out the yep. game. Make, make Pascal beat you or meet some – Make somebody else beat you because right now it, they haven't shown that they can do that. I mean, the Ravens week they did, like Pascal showed up big in that game, but that's one game out of the whole season. It, Michael Pittman has been the guy for most of the season. Do you think this has got to play with the Colts' minds, what has happened to them? They start 0-3. Um, they very easily could have won their last five games, dudes, but they squandered yeah. the lead in Baltimore, couldn't finish, and again yep. – they had an early lead against Tennessee, couldn't finish, and Carson Wentz yeah. throws the defense big, was, The close defense was playing elite in that game early on. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, when, when you're up 14 nothing, that's like the most dangerous place to be at, especially when it's only the first quarter, right? Because a lot of teams get comfortable when you're up there, but you got to realize there's still three and a half quarters of football to play. So you have to realize there's a lot of football to play, and you can't squander – opportunities away so yeah this is a coach team we talked about their defense they have the elite players at all three positions i mean all three levels defensive line linebacker and in the secondary but like it's gonna it's gonna come down to the defense the jets defense playing like they played last week as far as getting after the quarterback and minimizing jonathan taylor in the run game final question uh for me here as we close the pod and we thank michael carter for joining us this week um the Jets, they've played so well at home. If you really look at it, New England, week yeah. two, yeah, they lost by 19 points, but they won in every statistical category. They were better on both mm. sides of the line of scrimmage. They took down the Tennessee Titans, a 6-2 and two team, who unfortunately might be missing Derrick Henry for the rest of the season. That would be a major loss for them. But yeah, they, faced, they faced Henry. And then Cincinnati was surging, just laid a 41-point the number one team in the AFC coming in. Right. So these young Jets have played well at home. For me, I want to see them take that game to the road now. Exactly. And, and we talked about the game in London and the game versus Carolina. Like those were two games that were essentially on the road that they had opportunities to come back and win at the end. But it's all about starting the game fast, right? And that's what the Jets did last week. So if they can start the game fast and they got to jump on the coach right away, because sometimes a team can beat you two weeks in a row. We'll see if the Tennessee Titans are able to beat the Colts two weeks in a row. And we'll see pretty early how that team comes out. Are they going to feel sorry for themselves because they've lost two games to the Titans now and have an outside chance, you know, of making the playoffs? 
or will they come out as a desperate team and give the Jets their best shot? I think they'll come out as a desperate team. All right, another awesome podcast. The official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Leger Duzable and myself will be back in a couple days. We're signing off.